You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Blake Wilde and Kenneth Play. Welcome to Fucks Given. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And we are on a mission to revolutionise the sex space, break down barriers and give the lowdown on all things sexy. Every week, we will welcome a special guest to share with us their juicy details about their best fucks, worst fucks, or even the fucks that changed them. And we'll also hear your guys' sex questions and your worst sex stories. We're all about celebrating your sex. We're removing the stigma around the whole number bullshit. No matter how many people you've slept with, the number never matters because the fucks given are the fucks that made us. Hey, hey. This is a pretty awesome episode because we have all literally just finished shooting our porn film. Ex-Confessions from Erica Last. It's called Tips and Tricks for Licking Clits. And we had our two wonderful performers. Well, I mean, we just watch Blake get eaten out for like an hour. It was amazing. Lovely. Hard day at the office. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about each of you and what you do. Me? Okay. Well, my name is Blake Wilde. Um, A little bit about me. I live in Melbourne, Australia, in the fine land of Down Under. Um, I'm a sex worker, so I do porn whenever I can, and I do um, uh, escorting as well, and I've also done like work in parlours and establishments, that kind of a thing. Um, what else do you want to know? And that was good. That yeah. was amazing. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth, what about you? Um, my name is Kenneth Play, and I am a sex educator. I also co-founded an intentional community in Brooklyn, New York, which celebrates sex, and we have Mm -hmm. um, four other locations. We have one in New Orleans, so we host really big sex parties to sex science events, to activist events, anything to kind of forward this conversation about sex positivity. Mm. Mm -hmm. How did you both get into the adult industry? Um, Mine is actually a really funny um, sort of progression. I um, uh, answered an ad for sort of like a local company in Melbourne who were looking for people, um, women, to submit nude photos of themselves. And then I did that, and I sort of graduated to doing, like, soft masturbation, porn videos. And then I... Uh, what did I do? I started working in a, <laughs> I started working in a brothel to save to come to Europe like five years ago. Wow. And I was like, actually, I really like this and I'm really good at this. And then yeah. I kind of like, I never, ever stopped. And that was, yeah. Nice. So I started porn six years ago and then full service sex work five years ago. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Sorry, snap. <laughs> snap real. My story is probably one of the most unlikely porn star on the planet. I I actually love talking about my advertised cock on TV. That's why I ended up having this job. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Um, I was a super sexually insecure um, Asian immigrant in America, and it was I always felt very sexually invisible. And so I thought if I get really fit and I get in shape, I would have better luck with women. And mm. then I did. And it did not actually. You did. T- I did get really in really good shape. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And then. You do, um, you're banging. <laughs> I mean, you're both banging. Thank you're all you. banging. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Don't exclude anyone. 
<laughs> but it did not actually change my relationship with my sexuality. I still feel re- deeply insecure. What's mm-hmm. well, still now? No, no. Uh, it changed. Into. It changed. So I was like, you know, I don't want to live the rest of my life like right. this. I've always been a very sexual person. So I decided to kind of hack my sex life the way that I did with my fitness life. And I became a personal trainer at that time. And I taught fitness. And then I got really geeky and nerdy about how to change my sex life. So I kind of applied the same principle, but and I realized there's not a lot of the same uh, education content available when it comes to sexuality. Like in fitness, you could find a trainer, you could go spin, you could do CrossFit, nutritionist. With sex, is kind of you stuck with whatever is mm. out there. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of figure out how I could learn better. And ironically, I learned a lot of sex through sex party. I randomly stumbled upon the sex positive community and I went to sex party and that was the best place for evidence-based learning because you see actually people having sex. Which you like watching in porn, but until you see it in real life is a completely different experience. And one thing led to the other. I kind of got really nerdy, then got really good, and then people start asking me. <laughs> well, I mean, we've yeah. seen evidence of that yeah. today. Yeah. You got really yeah. good. I mean, well, we can't say. What about you, Blake? Was he really good? He got good. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this porno is basically like sex education. We're popping in and out. Uh, yeah. we, we've done one of these videos before, which is mm. tips and tricks for sucking dicks. Yeah, this was the sequel. Yeah. And yeah, it's all about a couple who comes back from a steamy date and they can't keep their hands off each other. And one of them just wants to go down on the pussy for like an hour or something. <laughs> and we end up popping in and out, um, telling, well, telling Kenneth, ex- well, our, our tips and tricks. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't actually know what he's doing. Yeah. He, he gets we, down to, to the pants. He gets down to the pants. He's like, uh, actually, uh, how do I give amazing cunnilingus? Yeah. <laughs> Had to fully <laughs> fake it. Um, but yeah, I mean, was it good for you, Blake? Uh, it was great for me. I think my legs are still <laughs> shaking, and we've wrapped that part of the scene like hours and hours before ago. lunch, yeah. ages before, ago. Like, this, this is morning. the evening right now. <laughs> it's like you know, it's it, yeah. If you want to see more, we will have a YouTube behind the scenes video of it, and of course, you can go to the excavation site and yeah. see more. I um, wish you and I was so insecure. Both of you were like next to my ear, like coaching me <laughs> live. That would make my life so much easier than trying to was dig not, through all the stuff on the internet. Was it not well off putting? We're like whispering in your ear, like do this. It was no, like great. Weirdly reassuring having yeah. you two pop up from Aww. behind like the sort of sofa. Oh, that's like, nice. You know, little friends behind the couch yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we can talk more about this fuck because you guys are going to tell us about your last fuck fuck number one the last fuck yes it depends yeah. though what do you consider a fuck because if you consider cunnilingus a fuck then yeah hell yeah talk about it but if you actually had sex and you're like nah that was more my fuck no, I definitely I uh, consider things like oral and mm. like finger banging and all those other types of sexual pleasure at sex because I think if you don't and then you just consider it foreplay, it just completely erases so much queer sex and yes. then you have to yeah. sort of buy into this like, silly heteronormative idea that sex is just penis in vagina mm-hmm. and that's not... That, that sex is so much more than that and it's definitely. like, how can you, you know... So definitely that was... That was a fuck for me. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> My last fuck was actually in Dubai, and I was traveling. Oh, oh he's like, no, that wasn't my last fuck. 
I was not. That actually. If I, I gave someone oral, I don't know if if I received oral, yes. But if I gave someone oral, I don't know if I'd consider that a fuck. Oh, it's a hard one. Each to their own. Each yeah, each to their own. <laughs> and also, you're in a very different environment as well. You're in a studio with a whole crew watching you, and yes. it's very. I mean, we try to keep the sex scene as together as possible, but there are still moments where you're going to be taken out of the moment. Mm. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, t- tell about I, I Dubai. Think, yeah, no, I was just thinking the. Yeah. No, tell us a story. Um, the last is actually quite meaningful because I never really travel with mm. my. Um, my life partner, my girlfriend, has a very serious boyfriend. We've been, we just got out on a New York Times article about the three of us, like you know, us oh, dating her. They look so beautiful, oh, and of course, you do as well. You look thank you. like a lovely trio. Yeah, so it was like a nice threesome in Dubai. It's totally not legal. I don't know. I would never go back if I say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but it was a wonderful experience being there and really connecting. And it sort of gave... I've been dating her for about four years and they've been together for a year. So it's kind of lovely to kind of create this triple bond that, you know, it gave us some time to hang out together. So it's great. How, how does... If you don't mind me asking, how does the sex work? <laughs> is it just people. a? Is it just like a big a mess, or do you have like a routine or a ritual? Or do you stick has to? to yeah, like it's one <laughs> on the top, one on the bottom. Like, how does it work? The ironic thing is, I met um, my girlfriend's partner at a gangbang first, and I introduced. A gang uh, bang. Uh, yeah, I introduced. You got around. I, uh, <laughs> yes, it was written on Thrillist actually that one, um, and then. Like I met him, it was cool. So the first time I met him, I actually had group sex with him already. So I was introducing to my girlfriend later, and they kind of really hit it off. And <laughs> so, so we kind of have a routine that we feel comfortable. And it's harder to find other guys that you could have, like MMF with that is comfortable and and yeah. teamwork. Yeah, yeah. we talk about that a lot. Is that straight men don't want to have threesomes with other men in it they find it awkward yeah. they think if their penises touch it makes them gay yeah but it's, it's like, such what? a hot fantasy oh, like God, it's, it's one so of my good. fantasies I want yeah. to be fucked by two guys yeah and I want them to want to fuck each other like that's so hot <laughs> I never thought that could be romantic and it was so it was mm. a very interesting experience normally it's not but mm-hmm. this is like two boyfriend fucking one girlfriend so there has just, so you're all together yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting it sounds beautiful let's go back to what was happening happening today Blake mm-hmm. tell us more about what what went down what was like what was the best part of it well Kenneth went down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did um what was the best part I think the best part was like the surprise like the surprise squirt because I think Ooh, like, yes so I've only ever done that I think with like one two partners two previous partners Mm -hmm. and I could like feel Kenneth was just like really going for the fingering and then doing it in some sort of like witchcraft with his tongue I don't know what that was Um, (laughs) and then he sort of and I could feel that he was like about to make me do it and then I could and then he was like is this like are you gonna I was like I think you're like, so, am I? No, like, can we do this? Like, can can we get squirt on the couch? And then yeah. it, was like, it was only like a little one because it's been like over like a year or it's something. It's like a sexy trick on it. Yeah, like a sexy trick, a sexy stream. <laughs> yeah, we might we might have to. We rented that couch. We might have to pay like a cleaning fee. Oh or my god! Yeah, the fee. couch That's was hilarious. Strange. I do apologize. Oh no no no! It was <laughs> no, it was fucking worth it. It was worth apologize. it. Definitely. <laughs> um. 
What are some so, of the other like really good techniques maybe that people could like take away from this podcast? Mm. What do you like? Definitely. So my big piece of advice that I always, always give when it comes to going down on a vulva is always just like going a little bit softer than you think that you need to because mm. you don't want to burn the clit out. Yeah. So, you know, if you go in too yeah. hard, it's kind of over Red Rover. So it, it kind of feels really good. It does. It really does. Um, you just lose all of that nice sensitivity and it's, you go, mm, mm. okay, that's done now. Um, so kind of, the, you know, really lovely at that. Really nice, soft, really teasing. lovely, really <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh-huh. really lovely, cunnilingus. Cun- oh. No, I can't say the word. Cunning, cunning, cunning lingus. Lingus. <laughs> I do it every time I say it like cunning lingus. <laughs> Remember, we we figured out that cunnilingus was from cunt, and fellatio was from fel- what was it for? What? 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 Phallus, thank you. Oh. Uh, phallus, like whoever decided that fellatio and cunnilingus existed, they were like, yeah, cunt for cunnilingus and phallus fellatio. Fuck two. The first fuck. Um, okay, so I was quite young when I lost my virginity. I was um, 13. I actually, this Ooh. is a really, this is an interesting story. Mm. So I, um, in my younger years, I was actually a born again Christian. Oh, no so way! So I had a really complicated relationship with sex, and I was like saving myself for marriage, that sort of thing, because I was drilled into me that you know that's just what you do. Uh-huh. And then I started dating like my high school boyfriend, and um, I was just like head over heels, and I was like, well, obviously. We're 13, we're going to get married. (laughs) (laughs) We've all Um, been there. We've all thought that. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was like, you know, and then we'd do like the hot and heavy makeouts, that kind of a thing. And then we were, but I was like, no, like we just, you know, I have to save myself too much. And I was like, fuck it. It's going to happen anyway. Um, And it was a really, really funny moment. Um, We're making out on the bed. And then um, it was this weird, uh, when you're trying to make a decision about what to do and it was like one of those like crossroads sort of situations mm-hmm. and I just remember going to him oh if this was a movie um, a really soft like slow cheesy song would come on <laughs> yeah. and we were listening to MTV and I kid you not Britney Spears every time <laughs> came up like that's like I can't sing so I'm not going to no. do it but that really like sad love ballad that she Aww. made and she was like in the bathtub and oh with my like gosh a, you yeah. know that really sad one came on and then I was oh like, yeah the well, one that's like every time yes <laughs> that one that and one then, sorry I just clocked I was like what is this the sad one yeah, thank sorry, you for singing that because I I you know I couldn't. <laughs> I, I definitely um, didn't sing it. You're like I and wanted then, to hear it, but I couldn't do it. Right yeah. Um, so that came on, and I was like, "Well, that's a clear sign from God, if ever I oh, heard my one." Goodness. And then we like had, and then we did the thing, and it was really actually, it wasn't like painful. It didn't yeah. hurt, except for like afterwards when he broke up with me. Um, oh, oh the heart pain! Oh my goodness! Did he break up with you like? Soon after sex? Um, the day before my birthday oh. and then started dating my what? best friend. No. Mm-hmm. That's, no. That's so awful. That must have hurt so Not much. Not a nice oh. boy. And that heartache at that age as well, it's like, it's unbearable, it, unforgiving. Yeah. And you don't, you don't. I couldn't listen to truth. Every Time by Britney Spears for like years afterwards. Oh. And it's really sad because that's a really good song. It it's a really good song. Anyway. 
That was my first time. Oh, <laughs> so goodness. an emotional roller coaster. Did, how, did you feel like any guilt afterwards because of um, your religion? Religion. Yeah, I did. I did. I sort of I struggled to come to terms with like sex and sexuality. Mm. It took me years and years and years to sort out that that in my head and that I wasn't going to go to hell um, just because I've had sex yeah. and that sort of a thing. But it, I yeah I. You know, it, I struggled with that for many, many years. Understandable. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> here we are today. Let's carry on here. Yeah. Look, I've blossomed. It's great. I'm having yeah. a wonderful time. <laughs> Doing porn. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking dicks and licking clips. Yeah, baby. Scene yes. <laughs> <Same> two. <laughs> Kenneth. I was. So their shy, insecure Asian immigrant story. I lost my. <laughs> I was a lifeguard in Coney Island, what? and I was oh, like, okay. Wow. And all four years leading did not get laid, and that's hard not oh, to do. Oh, that's so, so hard. I know. So, and when I turned twenty, then I was seeing this girl for a little bit, and I remember the first time. Ironically, a lot of their like desire to. Um, kind of get really good in bed is to like overcome your insecurity about your penis size and I always mm-hmm. thought that because you watch porn if you don't have a porn star cock then you're not worthy yeah. so I'm like okay so I start going down on her I'm like eating her out and then I'm like I was really afraid to be rejected when I finally like took my cock out and started fucking uh. her and that and she was really nice about it and, and still like a terrible experience in my mind mm-hmm. and it was good overall and so I learned a lot from that experience and it wasn't good in my internal experience and later on in my life that's when I was really trying to change it and then kind of went to a couple of journey first was like is is to compensate and then after I learned everything about myself about sex and no more that conversation went away and I really gained some confidence it has nothing to do with my penis I love it I call it <laughs> anal friendly oh so. amazing <laughs> Fuck three. The best fuck. It's definitely with my current partner. I think it actually has to do with like an emotional, uh, romantic context. Because, mm. you know, I, I'm i really sexual and, and slutty and, and having sex with, at a party or people in general is like great. But what made that one very... I think it like flooded all the oxytocin because like I was madly infatuated with her. There are some circumstances in that relationship that we couldn't be together. So we have to like force ourselves to break up. And I did not want to end this relationship, but Mm. it wasn't like the right thing to do. It was not ethical. It was not the right timing. I just, we have to end it. So it's kind of the last sex that we have to have in order to walk away. And I think that like emotional wow. cue that really like That's like intense. I don't I don't get a lot of that like emotional hormones like in my system ever. Yeah. So that was like a really Romeo Juliet kind of feeling. Like yeah. you really love something and you have to let it go. It's like you feel wow. torn. And may and somehow maybe that tragic experience feels magical. I mean end up you know, coming back together and we've been dating for four years. But oh, really? Yeah. But that, that separation right before separation, that separation anxiety and yeah. then created that romantic, like last sexual experience that really just made it magical. That sounds crazy. Yeah. I mean, like good crazy. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell yeah. us more about like what, what actually was the sex like? Is I think they're... 
more than the physical sensation of sex, it's more like this longing that you don't want this to end because you really love this person. Heartbreak. So, yeah, yes. yeah. So it's like this notebook quality to yeah. it. Yeah, I've definitely had yeah. sex before and been like literally in the moment being like, I don't want this to end. Like, I'm, I would die right now. Yeah, like, if it ended, this is so good. I could <laughs> die right now, and like this will be just what I'm living forever. <laughs> It's so weird. I had that quite often when I was like a teenager, but not so much anymore. Yeah. And it's also quite common to get really emotional after sex yeah. for both men and women. I've, I've definitely had sex and I've fully bawled my eyes out, even though it has been amazing. Yeah. It's like a big emotional like, explosion. But I did that once and I was really taken by surprise. <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I sobbing hysterically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pillow. My partner was like, you're okay. You're okay, did like, I do something? Yeah, I was like, I guess I just had some feelings. I don't know, some yeah. feelings. Yeah. I had to come Rush out. of hormones or something. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like how you can get like sub drop and stuff like that. It's like mm. when the email yes. ends, so mm. quite similar, you know, you get the crashing of the endorphins yeah. and that sort of a thing and all the things that make you feel really good yeah. and lovely. Mm. And then that's why aftercare is really important. Oh, yeah, so, um, so important. Yeah, so similar similar thing, but it can kind of catch you sometimes. You you, go, well, yeah, you think something's yeah. wrong and you end yeah. up reading into it because you, if you don't know the answer why and you can't explain why, you're like, oh, my God, I, I must maybe be in love with you. And I remember I fucked this guy that I didn't have that feelings for and I just suddenly exploded with tears. <laughs> And I was a bit like, I swear to God, it's like not you. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the, the sex was like just okay, but it was fine. It was moderate sex. I just yeah. really need to cry right now. Great, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy explosion. I've never cried, but I have felt like really sad after sex before. Yeah, and I'm, it, it happened actually quite recently, and it hadn't ever happened before. And I was just like, I don't know why, but I just feel really shit and low now. Like the yeah. sex is really great, and I just don't know why I feel shit. And it kind of makes you question the sex. It's like. Did I enjoy that? Like, <laughs> did something make me feel shit during the sex, or is it just my hormones? <laughs> just put uh, every time by Britney Spears on that. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Your eyes out. <laughs> Have a sob in the bathtub. Wow. So yeah, it's it's completely normal to get emotional after sex, and yeah. you can either because I've definitely cried and not felt emotional. If that makes sense, it's just mm. been like a physical reaction. Sometimes yeah. it's just like it's just this release. It's like your body yeah. is some kind of, and then it just like comes pouring out of your eyes. And squirting, you go, okay. a different kind of squirting. <laughs> it's, um, inverted oh. squirting. <laughs> yeah, inverted <laughs> squirting. But like when you're trying to hold back tears and suddenly you get tears running out your nose. Oh my <laughs> God. Like you just get like a, like a running like water drip. It's so weird. <laughs> that's internal crying. That is yeah, weird. Like you got a lot of feelings to get out there. You'd like it's coming. It's just, <laughs> just ho- holding it and it's all coming up my nose. Like when you're watching a film, you're like, trying to hold it back it's just like oh, yeah, no I just go for it I love a good crying I do. oh fair yeah, enough I am a crier it's yeah. kind of it's you're it's, all nodding your head I hate crying really I hate it when I was younger so I used to put on films to make yourself to cry. cry I was like I'm feeling really shit so I'm going to put on Moulin Rouge or Romeo, Romeo and Juliet they were my two go-to films and I would sit there <laughs> sobbing bawling it's oh, one blimey. of my favourite things it to do. It's like I'll right? pour myself a glass of wine yeah. and it's like, you know, and I'm home and there's no one around and then I can just like put on a trashy rom-com or something like that. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, I am going to cry tonight. I yes. did it recently. I watched um, so 10 Things I Hate About You. And oh, then, stop and it. Then, That's hilarious. Oh, you did, cried. I did something really bad and then I watched Garden State. Oh, and I was like sitting in my bed, like drinking yeah. a whiskey, and then I was just like crying and having the best day. It was really wonderful. <laughs> Those films definitely don't make me cry. It's all like, like boy in the striped pajamas that makes me oh cry. Oh my like, god, oh. that is like gasping. Like yeah, that's like. <gasps> 
<laughs> that I is, mean, maybe do. It's beautiful. It is it's beautiful. Great, if you want a proper cry, that one. Blake, what about your best time? Do you know, I have to, th- I think I agree with Callum that it was with like a partner of mine and it's just that emotional connection. I can't. Yeah. And things just feel like they're really falling into place and mm-hmm. you sort of are going, it becomes this whole other experience and you just go, oh, I didn't know that things could even <laughs> feel this good. And then like, yeah. and then does that mean that I like you? And then what's going on? Are we, yeah. Um, and I don't know, and you just it's, get all those nice like, brushes and then you spend all day in bed together and saying like eat pizza and it's just like lovely and then you do it again and again and again and you never get It's like that natural chemistry that people have. Mm, the sort of like yeah. chemicals that you give off kind of just literally just match. They match and they're perfect. When you were talking about it, we and I disagreed with you, yeah. you meant pheromones. Yeah. Right. Pheromones, okay. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> really disagreed with me before. I was like, there are chemicals that we. It's because I, I didn't know what you meant by chemicals, like, but attract yeah. each other to each other, right. and like some yeah, people it's... will be attracted to them and some people won't. And I was like, no, don't be ridiculous. I was like, yeah. no, it's. <laughs> it, you know, it is, and then that's why they sell. Um, they actually sell like artificial pheromones that you can get like wow. on the internet yeah, you to can. try to like attract yeah. people to you. It's, like yeah, it's like when you're on. Say when you're on heat, but it's not when you're on heat. It's when you're in your period <laughs> or when you're ovulating. You know, like natural pheromones to get the boys. You know. Yeah. Wanting. Fuck number four. The worst fuck. <laughs> Dear in headlines. Is that, I mean, I. <sighs> You're like today. (laughs) (laughs) I have I have a whole list of like really funny worst fucks. So there was the time that I was fucking someone and I squirted on my brand new iPhone and blew all the circuitry. No, you didn't. And I took it to the phone store and I was like, here you go, please fix my brand new iPhone. And it got like I spilt water on it. And then (laughs) I like went away and went back that afternoon and he just looked at me, he was like, What did you spill on the phone? I was like, What do you mean? And he went, You've completely like you've burnt out all the circuitry in the phone and I went it, it, I don't know. It was just it just got wet, and then <laughs> I was like it was squirt. It was um. Uh, That's so. Did funny. you not? Did you not tell him? No. Oh no! I would just for shits and gigs like you, your hands are all over that phone. You're a bit more bold than me, though. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. I, love that. I get shy. I'm like you know, I hand my I hand my phone in to be repaired or something, and I do not remove the nudes. I removed all the other photos. So I'm like, oh, did you look at my phone? Like, whoops. You don't. Sometimes I leave on my phones. <laughs> yeah. Do people I get I, off I on mean, it, man? I'm like, what? You uh, might be wanking over my nudes. Yeah. Like, Fuck yeah, that's hot. I always get my screens replaced. Does that mean they're all in there? Because I don't get rid of my nudes off my phone. They're not supposed to look, but I'm sure if they you were would. working in a shop, nobody was there, and you fancied a wank, and you might want to fancy looking at somebody's phone. Yeah. Who's gonna know? Who's gonna Who's gonna tell? Just a little window into someone's life. It's yeah. so personal. hundred percent. I mean, it depends if you you know you don't mind breaking personal yeah. boundaries. Or, like also, that. if it was like a hot girl, yeah, handed it in. You're like, if you handed it into a specific person, they're like, need to look at them nudes. Okay, if there's anyone out there that has fixed one of my broken iPhones <laughs> and you jacked off to my nudes, you owe me some money. Yeah, hey, <laughs> pay up, buddy. Pay up, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> yeah, nice. That that would be good. Please. <laughs> Kenneth. Um, I'm going to try to make this like story as short as possible, but it's kind of funny. So I, I, so I was in my journey finding the, the sex party community, and yeah. 
And this girl I dated kind of exposed me to all of this. And I was in Chicago going to my first party ever. And I had a little work, a lot of work to do in the morning. So I decided, my friend gave me an Adderall. Girl, I just take this and do it. I didn't know the side <laughs> effects that I couldn't get my dick up oh, from the Adderall, but I had no idea. So I went to this party and she had this like threesome hooked up already. I'm like, oh my God, this is my time. Yeah. Like, yay. And then I got into that situation and it just wasn't working. No. I was like slapping it around. Like, what's happening? Usually is not like a huge issue with that anxiety of getting my dick hard. And I remember... Like was really like kind of like embarrassed and like mm-hmm. this is like my worst nightmare shame. that I could shape, mm-hmm. I could possibly think of. And I went to the bathroom. I was talking to myself. Go like, okay, you know, like that whole like overcoming your fear thing. Go like, mm-hmm. this is probably the worst thing I could ever experience. <laughs> so if I could recover from this, then everything is kind of okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. a challenge. Yeah, like, like a challenge. I'm going to recover over this. So I still couldn't get it up even by myself in the bathroom. <laughs> and go like, what's wrong? And then go like, oh, maybe it's the Adderall, but mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. So I walked out. The party it was my first sex party ever, and there was this beautiful woman by the door, had beautiful breasts, and I always loved boobs. So I walk up to her and go like, I've never been to a party before. I don't know if this is appropriate. Your breast is beautiful. And she's like, oh, honey. She just grabbed oh. my head and just like put it in my face <laughs> over her boobs. And I swear, like that was a moment that I made a decision that I would never cock block myself. Like I would not be the one who's rejecting myself and I was between her boobs. Yeah. From then on, I just like, okay, anytime that I go like, I'm going to reject myself, I'm going to go for it. And that kind of really changed my life that moment. Yeah, so amazing. the worst came kind of, Came the best. circle, yeah. Yeah, you lied to us. This I is a good like, story. That had a nice happy ending. Yeah. No, but it was still really embarrassing. You can't get yeah. at a party, and everyone's like waiting for me to get hard, like oh, in the room. Oh, all the people fucking. I was like, oh, they, they're like nice. They were like, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. It's even oh. worse. They're nice. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I bet that happens to so many people at sex parties anyway. Definitely. Because especially as a lot of people do take drugs when they go to these things, even like drinking. Too yeah, much. drinking. Just, just being tired or nervous yeah or like a little bit out of like your usual state like frame of mind mm. just yeah. so you know and it's like and then you get even more in your head it's like just chill out it happens yeah. to everyone it's truly not a big deal it definitely and does. i think it's like this is why there's so many other things to focus on when you're having sex and then when you like equate sex to like just penetrative mm. p and v yeah then it, you you know you end up with these Sticky conversation. Maybe it could be um, a sticky situation. Yeah. And, you know, if just there's lots of other ways to fill the time. Yeah. <laughs> I bet the best place to like go soft would probably be at a sex party. That's what I was literally oh just God, thinking. I was just about to say minds that alike. is so weird. Because when you when you go soft with like a uh, like one girl or with another person, then yeah. you know all the pressures on that. But at least you you know you're not necessarily noticed at a party. You've still got your hands, your mouth is still the, appreciated. It's the community there, like the community of people there. Are the yeah, sort they're of just people so understanding. Just give a shit. Yeah, because they they've seen it before they also know they've experienced it mm. themselves whereas if it's like a random hookup one night stand where you're slightly younger you the other person there then ends up feeling like it's their fault and they don't they because they don't know as much yeah. whereas like the people in sex party communities would know they just would know it like it has nothing to do with them we do understand though it is it is a horrible thing to have to go through because yeah. you're a bloke and everything is about the cock really it would yeah. be like if we suddenly like you know our vagina's sealed up and we couldn't put anything inside it and that's the only pleasure we could get from it fuck number five the fuck that made me 
can't remember like the singular fuck, but it was like the first time that I subbed for someone. So it's like a long-term partner. And then I sort of, it was like the first time I felt really comfortable exploring that. And I was like, oof, I am just a big old (laughs) (laughs) sub. (laughs) Um, And then it really like, yeah, checked a lot of my sexual experiences from there. so opening up that like new world as well because you're suddenly like oh wait that's what really turns me on i was like things can be like quite good and quite messy (laughs) and fun and and we don't have to listen to every time by britney spears (laughs) (laughs) we need to have that comfortability as well so that's a big eye-opener like wow we can do things that are almost like could look illegal non-consensual behavior Mm. but because you are in a consensual comfortable environment and you have all these tweaks and tells and communication between you it's so liberating it was yeah it was it's it's really um eye-opening and when like the different levels you can take your pleasure and then it's like all of these you know you just and then i it's what did you learn that you really really loved um (laughs) um the first time i really really properly deep-throated a cock and I was really proud of myself because we'd been practicing together for like a Ooh. quite a lot yeah how like, do you practice um I do, you just sort of have to I think first of all get really comfortable with the person mm-hmm. and then because it was sort of um it was such an unfamiliar <laughs> sensation to have like an entire penis down my throat so and hard. I was like can I still breathe like or like how long can I go without breathing properly and then like how much like what's going to happen with my saliva and how do I like navigate all of these things and then the first time I like relaxed and then I properly did it I was like oh hello (laughs) (laughs) it is a very weird thing it's like things aren't really well supposed to go down there and back out like really quickly because it's you have to figure out how not to gag and push it out with your throat and also how yeah how to breathe and you oh a lot of mechanics that go into it and like a lot of concentration i'm scared of it personally i'm scared oh no like like a good throat fucking like i I think i would throw up yeah, I think I would. I, but some I mean, people like that. that. Happens. I wouldn't want to throw up on a dick. I think I have to. I have to. Usually you gag a little yeah, and you, then you it's like you, it you recover. Yeah. You recover. You've only I mean, heard horror have, stories. I've I seen horror. I, I see, witness horror story, but it's <laughs> unlikely to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe someone will push me. Push, push me you, literally. Actually, that was another thing that really helped is like when we were practicing and I could get like. Like I'd say ninety percent of the dick down my throat, and then wow. I just needed like a little bit of help with like the rest, and just like um, wow. and please, please, please check in with your partner before you do yes. anything like this. It's like this was an established thing that I was comfortable doing with this particular yeah. person, and it's not like fair game for anyone. Mm. Um, but like just like a gentle like push on like the back of my head is like what go- got me like over the line, and oh, like, yeah. the whole dick. I was like, I could you tongue the balls at the same time. I've never tried. Oh my god, do it. It's no. so good. It's it's my goal. It's like tonguing the balls at the same time as dick down the throat. Never <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a fucking dick down my throat. Like my my throat is jealous. Um <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm tired. I have to follow that. Uh, <laughs> 
I actually had a lot of different sexual experiences that changed my life. The, that sex mm. party one, not getting my dick hard, ironically changed my life. But I yeah. want to tell you a recent one. So being insecure, that whole first story about uh, overcompensating. So for a long time, I was like, let me do as much as I can yeah. so I could get the external validation. And I remember it was a kind of a weird ex- weird and amazing experience. I have four girls giving me a blowjob at the same time. I was That's a lucky, insane. yeah, I was a, like a happy moment. And I realized at that time, (laughs) you would think the blowjob is good. Yeah. But then it's really not when you have four people. It's not like... Do you go numb? Do you like not really sure what you're feeling? The sensation is not the same. It's like less... I'm ADHD on top of it. I'm like, ah, I can't focus. And then at that moment, I realized that I've I've been trying to create my sexual experiences based on some more of an external experience rather than an internal. So I feel like those guys who make a lot of money and buy a Ferrari are doing all those things, but their internal happiness might not be there. So lately I've been like learning a lot about mindfulness and what truly makes someone's happy and the connection or like mm-hmm. their their ability to be present and experience, you know, when you eat a chocolate cake, sometimes you taste the first couple of bites and you taste the last bite, but you miss their entire cake. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been really diving in. And that was a moment go like, well, it can get better than this. And then I'm not enjoying it. So I'm not allowing myself to enjoy this. So that mm-hmm. kind of shifted that momentum. I still find it quite challenging. I was, I was sharing like a little bit about like receiving is such a like, you know, a, a, a art form by itself and a skill. So now that's what I'm really working on. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't necessarily mean if you can you have to enjoy it physically. It could just be enjoying the moment. And in, and yeah, I mean that's a that must have been like a big life yeah, game changer. Yeah, now it's, yeah. So it's you were like a, visually enjoying for women giving you a blowjob, but it wasn't necessarily the pleasure there. How do you even work that? They were very skilled. So, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mean, not at all at the same up. time. It's like this oh, rotation oh, sometimes, okay. and sometimes it's like it's is it's like a gift for me at that particular time. But a gift, I yeah, like yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it was very nice. But yeah, that really shifted my how I think about pleasure and and how sometimes you know for a long time I was using sexuality to feed my ego rather than my pleasure. So yeah. I'm trying to. Sh- that was a big learning lesson. That's almost like when people masturbate to their like imagination or something like that, or like things that like maybe like a lot erotic literature or audio porn, because mm. that is stimulating your imagination, like your visual senses, because you're kind of like imagining what's happening and that's what's physically turning you on. Yeah, rather than what I do, which is I have to have an orgasm to fall asleep and so I bust one out real quickly <laughs> and I don't really enjoy the pleasure it's just yeah. like for practical reasons when, yeah whenever I'm trying whenever I have a good wank I'm always like imagining some sort of scenario yeah. Yeah. to go with it you kind of have to <laughs> or get in the groove yeah definitely I was trying really hard to imagine last night I was like, like please oh need to sleep must imagine but like you know fragmented fantasies that just don't match up and you're just like I think this is hot is it turning me on I don't know my vagina isn't working <laughs> For fuck's sake. So every week our listeners send us in a sex question. This week's is, 
I recently found myself a girlfriend and it's really cool, but she's a virgin and not planning on having sex anytime soon. And that's especially because she says foreplay is cool. Anyway, I'm really excited to start helping her discover her sexuality and I'm trying to think up good ideas. For example, I'm going to start by giving her a nice, slow, long, full body massage. Anywho, my big question is, If she does decide she wants to have sex, I really don't want to cause her any pain because I feel like that would make her regret slash be uncomfortable with her decision. So I'm thinking of encouraging her to masturbate, which I'm not sure if she already does, but I think not. And during her masturbatory excursions, (laughs) use a sex toy or her fingers to break her hymen. So then if she does decide to do it with me or whoever, that... I won't be the cause of any discomfort, pain, and the experience can just be nothing but enjoyable as it should be. So yeah, I would just like to know your thoughts and have a discussion. Oh, how lovely. (laughs) Yeah, that's so considerate. I feel like you don't need to worry about someone breaking in their hymen. Chances are her hymen's already broken. Yeah, yeah like mine was like, gone. It's like things yeah. like using tampons, riding a bike can all like break the hymen. And like I fairly said that like, mine was already broken when I definitely had, I, I don't did know not anyone. bleed at all and it was like yeah, you know, not uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it, it has it can happen. Um there's nothing wrong with finding out for yourself if you feel comfortable, you know, speak to her about whether or not she's comfortable with fingers mm. or penetration or even, you know, testing the area with your tongue if you are going down there. It sounds like you're both into foreplay, but it's hard to tell because or you both want to experiment with foreplay. The fact that you are this considerate, I don't think you can go wrong apart from talk to her. Yeah, I mean, the massage sounds like a great start. So good. (laughs) I love, like, a long erotic massage. Yeah, Yeah. that's the best way to make someone comfortable. Mm. I think ultimately, I I pour you for, like, you know, caring and being very considerate, but Mm. ultimately it comes down to her decision and not necessarily any physical discomfort or pain would automatically associate as, like, a traumatic trauma experience because we could make a lot of meanings out of pain. People climb up mountains where they, like, get, you know, spend creating so much pain and they experience it, and that could be meaningful. And I'm usually when you're that careful in your first sexual experience, letting her lead and drive and creating that context and if it's ultimately consensual and it's her choice even if it starts off with a little discomfort and pain it could be really pleasurable and awesome so if you know just say if there there is a toy that did it it doesn't her association is really up to her so Mm. it's about her creating her narrative and her story I think also just just the fact that you'll both be getting involved with foreplay will sort of allow her to think of experimenting with herself as well at home like I I think I'd find it quite weird if a boyfriend said to me oh I think you should masturbate at home yeah it might come across like kind of not selfish but like I think you should do this when yeah. it should just be like, oh, do you masturbate? I think it's really sexy. Yeah, I just I think just don't worry about what she does at home. Mm. It's all about what you're doing together. I think yeah, I'll open up those lines of communication now. Like it sounds like that is like what you both want to do. Yeah. You're both really into things, and um, if you start communicating really clearly about like likes and dislikes and yeah. wants and what you don't want like, now, then when if you if you do arrive at like you know and she decides to mm. lose her virginity to you then you're already in the habit of 
establishing these like connections and boundaries and yeah. and actually talking and checking and listening in with each other and, yeah. mm. and it's we, nice that he doesn't have any pressure like on her to yeah. have sex mm-hmm. that I mean, that's nice. really good because you just need to wait until she's ready yeah i mean it, we're not necessarily saying talk to her in person if you feel more comfortable to like sexting each other especially if you haven't been able to text each other then breaking that barrier i mean losing your virginity is a barrier and it always is before you lose it and as soon as you lose it, you're like oh okay that wasn't really the big deal that everyone's been making it out to be um if it is something that you are looking for just communicate it and making her as comfortable as possible you can't go wrong really Brene Brown have a really good uh, recommendation. It's also the story. It doesn't seem like she's telling the story that she's afraid that if some you know, if she loses her virginity and she experiences pain, she will feel like association or trauma towards him. Mm-hmm. So he could share like I have this story that if I was the one who who you lose your virginity to and it caused you any discomfort, then you will associate me with that pain. It's mm-hmm. something vulnerable that he could share with her. So then she could hear it from his uh, potential point of view so I don't know if she's expressing that or he's just worrying about that by himself yeah Yeah. it does sound like maybe he's worrying about it and then that's stopping him from actually maybe she's desperate for it maybe she's really keen like why is he waiting like yeah yeah like foreplay's cool but like actually fuck me (laughs) (laughs) we don't know yeah fucking hell I have a question that might be interesting that I might be interesting to the audience because I I'm, I'm actually curious about. Mm. So, is there a casual attitude towards casual sex different in London than in US? I know US is yeah. such a big city, and then yeah. like in Brooklyn and LA, it would be very different than in Alabama. But I was wondering the general attitude towards casual sex, and is it different between the sexes? Or like the gender, uh, the whole gender spectrum. So if you are, just say, in, in a more heteronormative kind of way, is women think about casual sex differently if a woman will have tons of partner and sleep with a lot of new people versus a man doing it? Is there a different attitude in the UK then? What's the attitude in, in Brooklyn, in New York? I think it changed quite a bit in like small pockets of mm-hmm. like um, sex positive community, like, you know, at Hacienda, there was part of my community in Brooklyn, it changed quite a bit then, especially uh, talking to my business partner, is not unusual for women to approach, like to create the situation for casual sex. So it used to be like a waiting game, right? Now it's like, and also it became a little bit more, not demanding, but like higher... A uh, higher standard. So if you're a terrible oh. lay, you don't get referral sex. <laughs> <Yeah. So that's, laughs> because it was within a community, so um, it, it it changed. It, it shifted the power dynamic a little bit, where um, women could initiate casual sex. They could talk about like I just said, I, I don't want a relationship. I like I'm not trying to fool you or trick you. Mm. So it's I think it's improving and it's changing. Mm. And I, I was wondering, is the same in the UK or I, in London? I think yeah. Depending on your country, we've got quite similar cultures. So it's quite worldwide in the fact that there are still lots of people that like the conformative male and female roles when it comes to casual sex and dating. Like yeah, men I've... are the ones that um, like text first and ask if they're going out and ask for a drink first, which a lot a lot of people are used to and expect. But as you surround yourself with more sex positive yeah. people and you're in more sex positive communities, then it starts changing. Yeah, especially with information mm. and how times have changed. Like that's definitely 
change things up in, in yeah. London. London is like a good place to be. It's like yeah. capital of sex. In, yeah, in London it's probably slightly different, but I still do think that people have like old-fashioned morals Massively. Here. And also that they do things behind closed doors a little bit more. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily like, right, like really in the open about, about like dating life here. We're, su- we're supposed to be prudes. Yeah. Like, we're known as prudes, even though... We have a great relationship with casual sex and being honest about it. But when you look at over in Europe and they've got cultures that have sex education at a younger age and they seem to be like the best lays of all the lays that you've had, especially Scandinavia. Oh, my goodness. Stereotypically, because they've had good sex Mm. ed, they're supposed to be great in the sack. but. Uh, we're just sort of known as like we keep ourselves to ourselves and like oh no I'm, I'm British I, I would definitely not do that it's yeah it's crazy it's quite hard for us to say when we've been talking to so many people about like how open they are about sex and yeah like we're knee and deep in that we're so <laughs> knee deep I mean it's what about overwear in Melbourne Melbourne. 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 Sorry, Melbourne. 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 Um, <laughs> how do I, I don't know I don't even know um it, it's really hard to say because I like live in Melbourne in this like really progressive, sex positive, queer oh, bubble nice. that's full of like people who are just like fucking everyone and everyone like you know most of my friends are sex workers, mm. and I can't like I don't outside of that bubble and then it may be like the more like heteronormative heteronormative yeah. heteronormative. Um, parts of <laughs> Melbourne um, I don't really it's hard to say, say isn't I it can't once say. you've like broken into that community it's like you suddenly like don't know what real like normal people do anymore yeah. like, we'll what? have sex conversations and be and people will be shocked and we're like oh well this is nothing um, yeah. I, 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 it must be a generation thing as well because the, the well the more people the the young lot they're actually you know they're experienced they've got the internet they can see see their communities and chat to people and not feel caught up in this in this old fashioned mm. world they they can find their own community uh, it, it's a tricky one yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I don't know I think it's like probably the same everywhere it, is, it exists on probably like a spectrum of like a binary and it's mm. like some you know in this particular city you will have people who are super conservative and maybe have more like traditional um, heteronormative uh, um, views regarding sex and sexuality yeah. and then you have like you know like queer and really sex positive communities yeah. who are like mm. at the other complete other end of everything and you know just like fucking around and you know having a nice time or like maybe not even fucking at all but then not being like shamed for that and Mm. because you know I think a part of sex positivity is also like not shaming people for not having sex Mm. you know it's whatever you're feeling can't be doing at the time could it it be religion I mean religion is is phasing out as much as there are so many people that believe in religion religion you know, that they do put up those walls and sort of like rules that you can and can't have sex and you cannot be non- non-monogamous. You have to be with a married partner. I think totally. I think it's like, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, I hate using the word, but I think a lot of perspectives yeah. um, were shaped traditionally by like Catholicism mm, and Christianity yeah. Yeah. and it's like monogamy and you have to like abstain until marriage and that sort of thing and I and think you know, with, without a condom you have to no you have to fuck without a condom 
like your your jizz is Jesus juice and and it's sacred. Oh my God, Jesus juice, great name for a porno. <laughs> Jesus juice. Oh um, it, yeah, I think, like, but that sort of that shapes just generally the world that we live in. It's like a lot of parts of like Western culture are yeah. shaped by like the church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think it would be silly to not say that that has had an effect. An effect, mm. yeah. Stigma and value has a. Uh, a significant impact in people's sexual attitude, mm. but I, I love like a little bit of a um, history nerd too. So yeah. like during the Victorian era, where like where English doctors are curing hysteria. Now, if you think about it, you know like the most conservative version of like like trying to control sexuality, and yet you uh, there's a there's a period of time that you diagnose someone with a sexual whatever a, a, um, a medical disorder that you have women line up. Right to go see those doctor do get off. Right? Yes. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, yeah, to hear. But yeah. you think about when you give people permission, right? And you have other women like validating this is an okay social <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Then everyone kind of lines up, even when the most conservative times. So mm. I I actually think that those Victorian doctor created a very important insight to people's sexuality. Mm-hmm. If you could. If you feel like there's no stigma, and then you could form a, mm-hmm. oh, I'm paying, you know, I have a problem, so I will yeah. allow myself to lay here and really enjoy sex for the first time. <laughs> and then also oh, wow. invented the vibrator, which is like one of the best sex hack ever. So yeah, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. What we need is really like a worldwide sex doctor that works all the way around the world, and they've been doing it for like 50 years, <laughs> and they've actually spoken to all these people and, and realized that like yeah more people are changing and being okay about sex practices and casual sex maybe there's a like a big sexual health body like a sexual health university that has all this information we should make the sexual health university let's do it sex (laughs) you So, unfortunately, I think it's time for us to fuck off. We have all had a very long day. We yes. have been doing porn. <laughs> a long, well, a long weekend. We've had meetings on Saturday, porn filming on Sunday, and then today. Yeah, today was the hardcore day. Was the yeah, one. but it was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for being involved in our porno and coming on our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Very, After very, a really came, long day yeah. at work. I yeah. came everywhere today. Yeah. You did. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you both were amazing. We can't have had better people to join us today. Yeah. Where can our lovely listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter is actually the best place. Um, I think my... Uh, what do you call the Twitter username? Um, Blake Wild. Oh, handle. Hand- yeah. Handle. My Twitter handle is Blake Wild X, mm-hmm. um, and then I also have a brand spanking new Instagram account. Ooh. Thank Ooh. you, Come Curious, we for encouraging me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is um, Blake Wild X. Perfect. See that. And you can find me at KennethPlay.com, and the rest of my social media handle is KennethPlay. Nice. Yeah, check out his stuff. He's got some good educational, yeah. very informative, yeah. sexy videos. Yeah, they're, check it they're, out. they're so good. Like, if you just want some very explicit tips on how to do fingering, make someone squirt, you kind of just sh- you show people. You literally show people. Yeah, stuff that we need to do. We can't really do that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. That's why I made this porno. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> Yay. Thank you for inviting us and 
yeah yeah thank you so much for being here thank you it's been wonderful i hope you uh i like this episode and share it amongst your friends like a filthy sti please subscribe to our podcast give us a rating and a review yeah and we will uh let make you hear us next week yeah and definitely go check out tips and tricks for licking clits oh when yeah it comes yeah. out on xconfessions.com oh yeah <laughs> bye, bye. Oh, bye. Like, bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>